Good morning. It's great to see all of you here. A warm welcome to many of you who've been away for the summer. And uh, it's great to be back, so we get back into school and get back into things. And just at this time, our lectionary sort of has a turnover in it. We have a shift from the Gospel of John, where we have been hearing Jesus' long discourse about being the bread that came down from heaven, into the Gospel of Mark, this pithy account of Jesus' life and ministry, probably the earliest account that we have of the four Gospels. And we make a shift from the letter to the Ephesians to the letter of James, which I would say is probably the most neglected letter in all of Christian scriptures. And it's rich with instruction for how we live day to day and moment by moment as a Christian people. And then, of course, we started it all today with this little passage of, yes, you guessed it right, Hebrew erotic poetry. <laughs> How did that get in here? Well, it's a letter that we might send to the architects of the Revised Common Lectionary, but it was actually quite controversial amongst the rabbis about whether it should be included in Scripture, because some of it, quite frankly, even to our ears today, is quite racy, quite racy. Um, but it's there because those early rabbis felt that there was something in there about the desire of lovers that exhibits the desire of God for God's people. This desire and call for intimate relationship, this chasing, if you will, one another through highways and byways, through thick and thin, to be together. This sense in which God loves us that much and cares for us. And so they enshrined it in scripture and of course spilled a lot of ink theologizing around it afterwards, but it's sort of like the Shakespeare sonnets of Hebrew scripture, you know, this beautiful courtly love poetry that uh, has its own beautiful sort of ex exhibitionism um, at the sense captures something that is very essential to the human experience and something that reflects our life with God. The call to intimacy, to that deep relationship, is the call that both the letter of James and Jesus get to in our readings today. It is a call to, as we might say based on what we prayed at the beginning of the service, a call to authentic religion. Religion that is whole and integrated. It is not parceled out or parsimonious or simply pious, but is, is about being in that authentic place of relationship where we act not out of a sense of obligation only, but out of the heart, out of a willingness to reflect God's love in the world. And that bubbles up from what we have been hearing in previous weeks about the bread of life that we take in every week in the sacrament and in hearing the word proclaimed. This is what we take in, and Jesus today is talking about what we give out. What comes from the heart. That is what shares our authentic religion with others. Jesus' debate with the Pharisees and the scribes is on the one hand very garden variety. If you open up anything 
from the rabbinical literature of the first century onwards, you see debates all the time about purity. And when is something clean and when isn't it? And how do you figure that out? But another piece of Jesus' debate with the religious authorities who were coming up from Jerusalem into Galilee and confronting him is a debate about justice. Jesus is mingling with crowds of people, many of whom are subsistence farmers who have very little in the way of wealth. And in the first century, most of them didn't have access, regular access to running water, to cleanse things, didn't even have the vessels that would have enabled them to do the common practices that the temple authorities were teaching. And so Jesus is confronting the temple authorities not only because they seem to be focused on things that are external, but because they are asking the people to do something that they can't do. And so therefore are placing them on the outside of the tradition. One rabbinical scholar who's actually looked at these texts closely argues that Jesus in a way is being more conservative than the temple authorities are. Jesus comes from Galilee, the north country, and he has grown up with a practical, on the ground, in the street, in the field type of Judaism. One that understood God and the intimacy of family life. And it's these innovators coming up out of Jerusalem, these elites who have wealth and have the luxury of attending to cleansing and daily access to water, things that we would take for granted who are the new thing, who are bringing this out. But for us, of course, Jesus is speaking to our tendency to lose the forest for the trees, right? We in the Episcopal tradition know this well. You know, we attend to our beautiful liturgies, and we fuss when a word is out of place. Or maybe, pardon me, Albert, a note isn't quite right, right? Heaven forbid, of course. No, of course not. Or perhaps we haven't done things in the correct order, which is a big thing for us as Episcopalians. It must be done in an orderly fashion, or else it isn't quite right. You know? We have our own purity issues. Every society does. But Jesus reminds us what comes out of the human heart is what matters. And it is what we bring out in relationship with others that speaks of our true religiosity. Which brings us to the letter of James. James understands something fundamental about the condition of the human community and of life in relationship that I think is often lost for us in the West, and particularly in the United States. Getting off the plane this summer from Japan, I was shocked anew, just getting out of the airport in Seattle, at how crass and rude American society can be. It's not news to you, I hope, right? I mean, all of you confronted every day on the freeway, here in town, dealing with traffic, dropping off the kids at school, even going down just for a cup of coffee. It can be a minefield of bad manners, of ill tempers, of people. It's fascinated me who won't even look at me when they're serving food that I'm buying. 
It's astonishing. And I was so haunted by this, I shared it on Facebook, where else, right? And immediately, over a dozen friends responded, yeah, I had that same experience coming back from Costa Rica, from Europe, from Canada, even from Mexico. Put that into the political discourse these days and see where it gets you, right? What is it about our culture that cultivates this sense of this need to be constantly embattled? Constantly embattled. When so many ancient cultures understand that you cultivate relationship through a series of polite comments and conversation, even with the stranger on the street. What does that mean for our society? And as somebody said today, why are we in such a hurry and where are we going? Valuable question for the beginning of the school year. But the letter of James calls us as a Christian people to offer an alternative. And the wonderful thing about James is he's not pie in the sky. He's very practical and on the ground. So I invite you this week to think about your Christian practice as you go about the daily business of your lives, as you communicate with your family, as you communicate with people who are serving your needs in the wider community, as you offer others service, as you drop your kids at school, as you, yes, deal with the traffic and deal with the people cutting you off on the highway, what do you disclose by your response to that? And what do you disclose by offering people a smile instead of a frown? Of saying simple things like please and thank you in the marketplace? Of inviting the stranger into solidarity rather than isolation? When you salt your words, as one early scriptural writer would have it, with goodness, rather than animosity and suspicion. I invite you into that practice this week and consider how that discloses the bread of life that you have taken in today. How in that way you exhibit true religiosity and share the bread of life for a world that is hungry for good things. This has been a sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley, dot O-R-G. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.